Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett, um, and I've got a, a fascinating show for you today. Um, my guest, he and I were talking just before I started the show about uh, a couple of different things, and yeah, I'm fascinated with Michael. Uh, he was on with me um, on a show that I do with David Meltzer, uh, our office hour show, and just in the conversation that, I, that we had on that show, it was like, I got to get this guy on the podcast. Uh, he's bringing just way too much to the table for such a short period of time that I had him on at the office hours. Um, Michael Zapersky is the CEO and uh, co-founder of uh, Consulting Success. And the reason I wanted him on is coming out of COVID, as, as we are, <clears throat> I've had a number of folks that I've been working with and that I know, yeah. You know, actually have gotten comfortable not going into an office and actually have gotten more comfortable uh, with the idea of going out on their own. And consulting is uh, a natural uh, migration point on that. And um, Michael is absolutely phenomenally qualified to talk about how that can work and what you might pay attention to, what you might want to watch out for, those sorts of things. So I wanted to have him on the show, uh, particularly for those of you that may be interested in uh, Flying, yeah, yeah, stretching your wings just a little bit here. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Lane, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Um, you know, you spent a lot of time in um, uh, Japan, and this is actually one of the uh, the points that I was really intrigued with. And as many of my listeners know, I've spent all you know, years in Japan. My oldest client is Japanese. Uh, I've been working with her for thirty five years. And I go over to Japan every year, lived there for five years. Um, you developed, or you actually developed, you built a very successful business in Japan. And the way that you built it was off of a Japanese, I'm going to use the Japanese word here, kanke, uh, relationship. And in my experience, everything about an organization is predicated on the quality of the relationships uh, that the uh, organization is, is, is working with. And that's not just the interpersonal, it's relationship with everything. So I'm very interested, and I'm going to just ask this question of you, and then I want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you're up to here. Um, but when you hear the term the soul of business in the context of relationship, what does that bring up for you? It's what people think about your business without you having to say anything. It's the way they remember you. It's how they uh, envision you. It's, it's really how they see you, how they would talk about you to other people, or just the feeling they get when they think about or, or see your brand, your logo, or a picture of you that comes to their mind. I believe that to me is, is the soul, uh, the, the, the inner that doesn't re really need explanation because it's already been explained. There's already uh, enough understanding uh, and appreciation around it. Yeah. You know, I, with some of the clients I work with, uh, I, I talk about how do people feel about themselves when they're in the presence, and this is a leadership conversation, how do people feel about themselves when they're in your presence as a leader? Do they feel empowered? Do they feel ennobled? Do they feel you know, like they can take on the world? Uh, the same is true, and, just in, and I love the way that you put that. How do people feel about themselves when they're in the presence of your service or product? And you know, if they are invigorated, if they're inspired, uh, they're probably tapping into the soul of who you are uh, as an organization. Yeah. Uh, 
what are some of the, uh, I mean, if, if I was to just jump out and um, say, okay, screw it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go out on my own. Uh, and I'm going to be a consultant. I've got expertise. I've been uh, in my industry for however many years I may have been there, but I, enough to know that I know that I know what I'm doing. What are some things that you advise people to pay attention to? Yeah, I mean, one of the, the most important areas to begin with is to get clear on who you believe you are best suited to to serve and to add value for. Uh, really what I'm talking about here is what we uh, define as ideal client clarity. Uh, when people are getting started, one of the biggest challenges they have is figuring out where to really focus their attention and their interest. And that's quite understandable because when you've spent many years, maybe in the corporate world or a nonprofit or doing whatever it is that you've done, you've likely accumulated a lot of skills, knowledge, experience, expertise. And so having to decide what part of that to focus on or who to actually uh, reach out to is, is, a, is a great challenge. And if you don't do that, if you just try to do to offer everything to everybody, you end up positioning yourself uh, as something that is not memorable. Uh, you, you, there's no distinction, there's no differentiation, there's no advantage. Uh, many people will look at you know, an established, let's say consulting firm, and they'll say, well, yeah, but these guys have 10 different offerings. They offer you know, 10 services uh, and they have all these different industries that they mention on their website they go after. What's interesting is that if you go back in time and you look at some of these firms, you'll tend to find that they started off when, right when they first began with a clear focus. A great uh, example of this or illustration I, I would offer is uh, LEK Consulting. Uh, one of the founders right, of, of LEK, Richard Koch, is now well known for writing many books around the 80-20 principle and things of that nature. But when they started, their focus was really around mergers and valuation. Uh, but if you look at their website today, it, it has very, very general language. And it seems like they work with everybody uh, doing a lot of different things. So I think it's important for when people are getting started to understand that while focus and specialization is challenging, uh, it is essential in order for you to know where to dedicate your time and, and your energy. But more importantly, that that's the first part. The second part is developing a message that will get uh, the attention and interest of your ideal clients. We are surrounded, all of us, with more noise, more advertisements, more things vying for our attention than ever before. And so if your message doesn't speak directly to your ideal client, if they don't think that uh, you are really... Uh, adding value for them. If they don't think that you understand what they're going through, they're not even going to notice you. And so this is why these two are directly connected. You can't have an effective message that gets the attention and interest of an ideal client if you don't actually know who your ideal client is. Because by definition, your message would be too general. It would be too bland. It would try and speak to too many people and then it wouldn't grab their attention. So you first want to get really clear about who your ideal client is. Then you want to develop a message that gets their attention and their interest that really speaks to the problems that they're having or you know the results they desire and that also communicates why you why are you uniquely positioned to help them to solve their problem or to add value in their lives those are two critical parts that are really important for anyone looking to get into the world of consulting you know there's a paradox that's kind of built into that in the sense that particularly if, you know somebody starting out and if i you know, kind of go back in my own history um i founded my company in 87 so you know, when I jumped, jumped out of uh, that, that corporate environment, that was, uh, you know, I started focusing on telecom, right? You know, and this was in the midst of AT&T was doing all kinds of stuff, but that telecom focus, 
it was exclusionary in one sense. Um, there were opportunities that were coming along, but they weren't telecom or, oriented. And, and I knew that I needed to get some cred yeah, uh, as, as a consultant um, that I could actually go to the bank with. So rather than, you know, to your point here, rather than going so broad, I ended up you know, really specializing in telecom for a long period of time, and it really served me well. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you look at, so for example, today, Blaine, your, your business and who you serve, it's no longer just telecom. But if you, in those early days, if you were targeting or working with the, the same number of different industries and kind of variations that you are today, if I said to you, okay, Blaine, you have one hour right now to work on marketing you know, your business and getting in front of your ideal client, you, you likely, like most people, wouldn't know where to begin because if, if we have five or 10 different ideal clients or different industries, it means we have to have five or 10 different messages and potentially different service offerings. If we have a limited amount of time that we can spend marketing our business, we don't even know where to focus. And so that's why that focus, that specialization at the early stages is incredibly important. Now, you've written a couple of books, and you've also, uh, you've been featured on Forbes, Entrepreneur, HubSpot. Um, I, I want to, yeah, and I love this one, uh, Duct Tape Marketing's podcast with with John, John Jansch. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love him. He's, it's a great, great podcast. Um, where do you, where, where's your sweet spot? I mean, you're talking about this niche uh, structure. Where, where is uh, your uh, sweet spot? Yeah, where did you actually find yourself starting? So, I mean, where, where we, the start for consulting success came out of about 10 years um, building consulting businesses and really learning, you know, what works and what doesn't work, uh, making many of our own mistakes, which I just like to call learning experiences. Uh, and then we, we just, when I say we, I'm referring to my cousin, Sam, who's my co-founder, and we've built and sold uh, multiple companies together over the years. But we wanted to, to put something online. We, we didn't know what it would turn into. We didn't know if it would be a business. We thought that it would be, but we didn't have a clear plan for monetization around it. And so we started Consulting Success just with the idea of let's share our, less, our experiences um, and the lessons that we've learned and the best practices around growing a consulting business. And when we did that, we found that a lot of people, uh, it resonated with a lot of people, a community built up around us. They started wanting you know, more and more information. So to, to your question, really, Blaine, our initial focus, you know, 13 years ago when we started consulting success or so was around how, how to help people to become successful consultants. Over time, uh, you know, what we've really focused on is helping people to uh, craft or, or create uh, consulting businesses that are profitable, that uh, allow them to scale and that are also strategic, but with a clear focus around lifestyle. And what I mean by that is that most of our clients that reach out to us, they're not looking to necessarily dominate the world. They're not looking to build a $100 million organization. Uh, they've typically left the corporate world because they want to realize their full potential. Maybe they've already been running a successful consulting business. They're doing a solid six figures or seven figures, but, but they realize that there's more potential within them or within their business or within their service offerings. And they, they want help to extract that. They want help to get to the next level or to accelerate their, their growth, whether that's revenue, whether that's building a team, uh, but really looking at things holistically and strategically. So we don't only, of course, we help with messaging. We help with lead generation, right? We help with other areas of marketing and authority building, uh, team building, but it's, it's not just one thing. It's holistically really looking at crafting a strategy 
that will work for that specific person so that they can create a, a consulting business that is not only fulfilling, helping them to make the impact they want to have, but it's also extremely profitable at the same time. Yeah. And I, I love the point that you're making there about lifestyle. And this kind of goes back to my opening remarks about, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, people not wanting to go back into that corporate environment, which in some cases can be pretty, you know, experience is fairly confining. Um, and the, the, the demands, and I'm not minimizing the demands of being a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, uh, they are significant, but there's something about uh, the attraction of a lifestyle business. Yeah, I'm building my organization to live a lifestyle, a certain lifestyle. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, my dad was a serial entrepreneur, but he was a serial entrepreneur in the sense that, yeah, he was really, or, or, he did everything organized around the lifestyle that he wanted us to have as a family. And it was a really, and I didn't have words for it back then. Right. As I look back on it now, uh, just in the way that I've structured my business, it really has, you know, been a lifestyle business in so many ways. And I cannot imagine a better way to you know, actually go about, you know, living a life. Uh, um, so, and that, that's just a little aside. Actually, if, if you don't mind, just one thing to, to add to that, that might yeah. you could provide perspective for some people. Very often when you're, you know, in your career or earlier in your career, just working hard, what tends to happen is I've, I've found my observation is that if you imagine a triangle at the, at the tip of the triangle, the, the top kind of half, uh, people tend to put their business or, you know, their careers at the top. And then they put their lifestyle below that. And mm -hmm. they have to then make all kinds of, of, of adjustments or, um, you know, um, they have to make a lot of changes uh, in their lifestyles to support their, their business or their career. And my observation is that I, I think it should be the other way around, right? That we should all actually put our lifestyle at the top and, and then structure our businesses or our careers below that and, and make the, the shifts or the changes inside of our businesses that support our lifestyle because you'll never hear somebody, you know, lying on their deathbed going, Oh, like I, you know, I wish that I just like worked harder at my business. You don't typically hear that. It's, I wish I spent more time with my loved ones, my family, you know, uh, um, working to, to conquer my fears or, or going to these places. And so that's why I think it's so critical that when you first become very intentional and clear on what you want for your lifestyle, what's meaningful for you, uh, then you can structure your business to support that. You know, I, I want to pick that thread up because, you know, as listeners to the podcast, uh, I you know, would be you know, uh, familiar with this. Uh, I speak a, a fair amount about you know, the notion of ontological design, designing a life that designs me in return. Mm -hmm. And I want to I want to come back to this. We're going to take a real quick break right now. And when we come back, uh, you you personally you know, coached over 500 consultants, uh, helping them build their businesses. So. I want to you know, keep that thread in place here as you talk a little bit about how you've helped 500, more than 500 consultants actually build a, a life through the business in which they're operating, but it's a lifestyle choice first. So we'll be right back after this brief little message. Well, I thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that 
site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52 week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the leadership mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back. Um, we're talking to Michael uh, Zapersky, CEO and co-founder of Consulting Success. And before we took the break, Michael was talking about a very interesting point here about you know, the pyramid. At the apex of the pyramid, most people will put the business and then the lifestyle comes underneath it. And he's talking about inverting that. And in my language, you know, what we're looking at is an ontological question. How do I design a life that designs me and designs me back and having my business be the, the fulcrum in that? So, uh, Michael, you know, why don't you just jump in on this? Because uh, I, I, I think it's a fascinating topic because not a lot of people pay a lot of attention to how they design their lives so that they design, you know, it designs them in return. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, listen, I was guilty of this for, for many years, um, you know, as, as a kind of a young starting entrepreneur. Um, I remember really capital, you know, money drove many of my decisions. Uh, my focus was on, okay, you know, first I want to make six figures a year. Okay, now let's get the business to a million dollars a year. And, and what I found that over time is that once, you know, you, you kind of tick off those boxes and you go beyond, uh, you know, and, and you've, you've exceeded your goals, you fairly quickly realize that, that those things aren't as important uh, as they used to be. Uh, and so uh, then it creates, well, what is really important, right? The opportunity to really get clear and to identify what is actually meaningful, what's going to create that highest level of, of fulfillment for you. And so that's why what we always want to do, you know, in our, with our clients and, and in my own life, you know, speaking for myself is to spend time like very intentionally and, and ask what, what's meaningful, right? What do I want to do? And so for example, many people will say, yeah, I want to exercise on a regular basis, except they put that exercise at the end of their day where it's very common that you don't have time and it's the last thing and you have a meeting and then it gets pushed. And because it's now later in the day, you feel tired and so you put it off. Well, that's not designing your, your, your schedule to be successful. And that's just one example. But I think it's important that we all really think about what is most important for us. Is it spending time with our kids? Is it talking to our parents? Uh, is it you know working on on a hobby, playing an instrument, studying, learning a new language, wherever you get your true fulfillment from? And if you get very clear about what those areas are, then you can look at your business or your career and ask yourself, what shifts do I need to make within my business or with my team or whatever it might be to support the actual lifestyle outcomes and goals that I have? Uh, and so that's the first kind of stage that we go through because very often people have it the other way around. They're so focused on the business outcomes that they're not actually looking at, at what uh, shifts they might need to make uh, to their detriment on the lifestyle side. Yeah. And, it, this, and this kind of goes back to you know, how we define the soul of business. It, you know, that's that expression of the internal that actually gets uh, manifested in the external. And 
I'm, I'm, I'm interested here in you know, success. Uh, it sounds as if you know, in your process, you spend a fair amount of time with your clients actually defining, how are you defining success as, as a consultant uh, for your business? And I'm, I'm, I'm making this point uh, right now because I do know in my experience that if I'm going to serve my clients well, I've got to, I've got to be the kind of success that they say that they'd like to have as well. And it's not a, it's not a question of doing, it's a question of being. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm a very big believer in this kind of mirror effect that, um, you know, you need to act as you want your clients to act. Uh, if you say that you're going to, uh, if you're, if you expect, for example, people to enroll into your coaching program, you should probably also invest in your own coaches. If you talk to people about, uh, making investments, you should probably also make investments. If, if you're talking about eating healthy, you should also eat healthy, right? I think that when you, when you act, when you truly, you know, believe, but put into, into reality, uh, there's a way of, of bringing that back. I don't know how that all works, but I've just found that over time, uh, when you're very clear about what you want, and then you live it out yourself in your own life, you'll tend to attract those same kind of people. And just one quick example of this, um, a couple of years ago, we created a kind of a mini documentary about our, our lives. So when I'm saying we, I mean, my, my co-founder and cousin Sam and I, where we talked about not only our, our business journey, the ups and downs, but we also talked about, for example, our, our parents and our grandparents and where they came from and their challenges. And we provide a lot of context and a lot of background uh, beyond what, what typically might be done in our industry. And what we found is many people, uh, I mean, every week we have people reaching out, talking about that video and how it resonates with them. And what we found is that we've tended to attract more and more of the kind of people that are you know, similar to us or they have, it doesn't mean they're exactly the same, but they have, they have similar beliefs or, or similar values. Uh, and that, that I think is a really great opportunity for all of us, but you can't do that unless you're first clear on what your values are and you know, what your vision is and, and what's important to you. And when you then have identified those things, then it's an opportunity to start putting it out into the world and talking about it you know, in your marketing materials, in your content, in everything that you do. And when you do that, you'll find that naturally it will repel some people, which is okay, because those people wouldn't become clients anyways, but you'll end up attracting more of the type of people that are on your same wavelength uh, and that will resonate more with your message. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole frequency component to this, and you know, just to Definitely. be kind of a new agey with, with it a little bit here, but one of the things that I hear you talking about, and yeah, I just did a program, um, uh, we were talking prior to you know, beginning the, the recording on this, um, it's one of the first live programs I've done in a year since COVID. And the, uh, the, the topical area was it, it's leadership generically, but it was very specifically focused on authenticity as a leader. Yeah. And the idea there is that um, it, it, it's a, you know, we connect through vulnerability and leaders need to connect. And this goes back to the conversation we had about relationship. Would that make sense to you? Sorry, Blaine, you just cut out there. So I didn't hear you said your, uh, your screen froze. Can you repeat that? Yeah, the, the authenticity, just in the idea that um, the more authentic I am, I, I will tend to start attracting clients. We connect through vulnerability, and that authenticity gives a window 
you know, that, that vulnerability gives a window where I start attracting the kinds of clients that I would ideally like to work with. And that's where I actually, I think I have the greatest cachet and actually the greatest impact is when I'm working with clients that I'd like to work with. It's not necessarily that they're like me, right. but they're, they're, I'm, I'm bringing something into my, my domain that I actually resonate with. And as a consequence of that, I'm going to be far more effective in actually working with them. Would that, would that match some of your experience? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, by no means is it about attracting someone that looks uh, or acts or talks the same way that you do. I mean, certainly we have clients from all walks of life, all around the world, many different, you know, uh, beliefs and systems uh, and mindsets. But, uh, but I would say actually maybe, you know, the mindset piece is probably what is, what is similar that we can, we can agree on, certain things that are important. And I would probably, you know, boil it down to, to values uh, that our values off more than more often than not align. And because we have shared values, it, it allows us to, uh, to work together in, in a more conducive way. And it doesn't mean that there's disagreements or that we, we see eye to eye on everything, but, but to your point about vulnerability, I think this is a huge opportunity for people in business. Uh, I know for many years, the idea for me of being vulnerable was, was very foreign especially when I was building a business in Japan, you know, the idea of, of not appearing professional. And especially in my case, you know, when I started, I was uh, a 20 something year old kid, I call it, uh, you know, so I was the youngest guy in the room. I, I was the only, uh, you know, the white guy, the only foreigner in, in, in the room. Uh, and I was working, you know, to improve my, my Japanese skills uh, over time. And, but, but I always felt clearly like I was the outsider. And so I always thought, no, I can't show vulnerability I have to always maintain this professional image. I can't be wrong. Uh, but what I've learned over time is that the more vulnerable that you are, it doesn't mean that you're not professional, but the more vulnerable, the more open that you are, the more that people will actually let down their guard, the more they will see you as a human being. Uh, and, and therefore, they'll want to talk more with you. They'll want to engage more with you because they, they go, yeah, this person is like, they're not perfect, actually. I think I can be open with them. And the more open they are, uh, the more uh, effective or uh, creative and, and just, you know, overall, I think, successful uh, the, the engagement can be. You know, I, I love that because, yeah, my client base, if I, if I really go back and look at it, you know, the average tenure of my clients runs roughly about 10 years. My oldest one, as I mentioned earlier, has been with me for 35 years. And I know that the reason for that is uh, accessibility. And I don't mean physical accessibility, but emotional accessibility. I, I, I'm, I'm open with them. I'm just... Yeah. And this is, you know, for, for those of us that are, you know, those of you that are thinking of going up, you know, you're, my, my hunch is you're going to probably want to lead. And I'm not talking with, to you directly here, Michael, but to the listener, you're going to want to lead with your expertise uh, as a consultant, because that's actually what you're selling. Um, but the idea here is we, we connect through vulnerability and we disconnect through certainty. And you, you need to leave room for people to connect with you, you know, to find a way to actually go, oh, he or she gets me. And they don't have all the answers and it's a journey that we'll co-create together. There is power in that. And that's one of the reasons that my clients stay with me is we're co-creating something that has got you know, a long-term horizon to it. Yeah, definitely. No, and, and there wasn't a, a question embedded in that, my apologies. That was, well, you know, yeah. it, it, it makes me just think though, I mean, Blaine, that when you think about the, the, the conversations that are most enjoyable, right? Let's say with a very good friend, the, the reason why those conversations are enjoyable and the reason why uh, you typically will, will open up and, and share what is really on your mind and kind of in your heart with that friend is because 
you know that that friend, that person is also being open with you, right? They don't have a hidden agenda. And I think that's that's the disconnect or the challenge that many people have in the in a business setting is that if you come across as too rigid, uh, as as too transactional, and you you aren't open to sharing uh, your vulnerabilities or at least letting them know that you don't know everything, uh, then it's hard for them to to have that conversation because it doesn't feel like there's two people on, on an even plane and you're not peers, right? Yeah. There, there's something that isn't lining up there. But the moment that you can create that type of environment where people really feel like they they like you, they trust you, you're not just talking about business, you're talking about their their children or their hobbies or you know the, their, the, the mission that they're on, the things that are more important to them, then they start to let their guard down. And then you can really have powerful and meaningful conversations. Yeah, there's, there's the magic in that, I think, is if, if I'm not going to be that way, you know, with my clients and just in terms of how they're interacting with them, I will guarantee you they're not going to be either. And it compromises my ability to actually work effectively with them because they're not, they're not giving access to what probably is going to be the, the key to that next step. And, right. you know, I've, I've, I've actually got, you know, a couple of clients that I'm, you know, I'm less of a coach with, less of a consultant with, and more of a trusted advisor to. And once a week, or not once a week, once a month, we'll just have an hour, hour long conversation, hour and a half long conversation um, with no agenda other than what's up. And, uh, and it's pretty freewheeling. Uh, we're not necessarily looking at a business outcome as a consequence of the conversation. It really is in, in the exploration. And, the, and they're, then they're free to apply what we're looking at in their own way to their environment. And it's, you know, one of my clients has been doing that with me for 12 years. And yeah. uh, it, it's a beautiful way to actually enter. And, and then in the idea here, you mentioned transaction. Uh, if, if your business is completely transactional, one, one, one stub toe is gonna throw everything out the door. Um, if you if you've developed the relationship, loyalty will be part of the uh, the matrix. It can't not be. Completely agree. I mean, that's why, as we were talking before, you know, many of the companies that well, we've had over the years have embedded the word relationship, whether it's in English or Japanese or, or you know something along those lines. Uh, because yeah, I think it's it's so key to to creating kind of you know long term clients. Uh, and if you have a transactional mindset, you typically have a shorter term mindset. You're just thinking about the upside right now, but you're not thinking about the the longer lifetime value. But if you've been in business for any give, you know, any period of time, you know that the lifetime value that's that's really where the money is to be made. But that money comes from uh, the, delivering the highest you know possible kind of level of service for a long period of time. And if you keep delivering value to people uh, and they like you and they want to be connected with you, then they'll typically stay with you for uh, for years. Uh, and not only is that profitable, but it becomes very enjoyable for both parties. Yeah. Now, people, I'm going to just, uh, you, you've got a newsletter out that's read by over 35,000 consultants. What's the name of the newsletter? Where can people find out more about that? Because I think it was an incredible resource uh, sure. that people could actually have access to. Yeah. So if you go to consultingsuccess.com forward slash blueprint, uh, we've compiled our most popular uh, articles uh, into a 47 page guide. Uh, and so you'll automatically get that and then you'll be added to the newsletter list. And we, we send out that, that newsletter, um, you know, every week uh, where we will feature new articles, resources. We also do studies uh, several times a year where we'll ask, we have about 38,000 consultants actually right now that we're reaching out to on a weekly basis. And so uh, we do studies asking questions 
uh, around health and wellness, around marketing, around consulting fees, around you know uh, building your consulting business uh, to really tap into the the community, and then we we take that data, we analyze it, uh, we then create results and all kinds of nice diagrams and things of that nature to to showcase really you know as the results of, of a pretty comprehensive study. So you'll get that in as well, new podcast episodes. So that's uh, if you go to that link, that URL, you'll uh, you'll be able to get everything. Yeah, and that's uh, success. Uh, consultingsuccess.com forward slash blueprint. Blueprint. Great. Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, is there anything that you would want to invite people to pay attention to that we haven't touched on right now? Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, for anyone that's considering leveraging uh, and monetizing their expertise, uh, you know, you want to realize your potential. You want to be able to choose the clients or organizations that you work with and to really just do great work and have a big impact. Uh, consulting is an incredible opportunity, like most things in life, right? It's, it's not necessarily easy, but it is pretty straightforward if you have uh, a clear path, uh, the right roadmap in front of you. And there's many ways to get that. We have a lot of articles for free and, and resources. Um, so just encourage people to, uh, you know, take a step forward in, in whatever kind of, you know, wherever path you, you decide to go down, but explore it. I would encourage you to explore it because I know it's been such a rewarding, fulfilling uh, path for, for hundreds of people that we've worked with personally through our programs, but also thousands that have gone through some of our other programs, but just globally, there's so much opportunity to be had, I think, in the consulting uh, environment and ecosystem. And so I just encourage people to take, uh, take some time to explore what that might look like for them. Yeah. Michael, appreciate it. I've loved this conversation. We've been listening to Michael Zapersky, He's CEO and co-founder of Consulting Success. Do take him up on his offer. Uh, it's incredible material. Uh, you, you will not be disappointed. And even if you aren't thinking about going into consulting yourself, there's going to be a ton of data there. There's going to be a ton of information there that you can use you know, in your job, your, your real job, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you won't be disappointed. So uh, this, you've been listening to Blaine Bartlett uh, rambling on here on the solo business with Blaine Bartlett. You can find out more of what I'm up to uh, by going to uh, blainebartlett.com. And certainly feel free to reach out and we will see each other on the next episode. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.